Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Girl Goals Podcast with Angie Taylor. This is the Girl Goals Podcast. I am Angie Taylor, your host. Thank you so much for being here. We love to celebrate the women in Chicago, the women in our community that are doing big things, whether it's anything in philanthropy, whether it's a business owner, whether it's just somebody making moves, whatever you're doing, housewife, you're doing something cool, I'm putting you on this show. Um, Because a lot of times I feel like women don't get all the shine they deserve, especially in our city. So today... One of my favorite people on the planet is our guest, Miss Constance, (laughs) Constance Mack. I call you Queen Mack. Yes. Constance Mack Latham of Chicago, also known as the Brown Maven. Hi, Constance. Hello. And the Brown Maven, you are the queen of Chicago eyebrows. Like, it's so funny because (laughs) the little backstory, I met Constance way back in the day when you were working at the benefit counter and doing brows and doing spray tans. And you're, I walked in there with my girlfriend, Carrie, and we were very extra that day. And you're probably like, who are these crazy people? I literally, Carrie was like on a conference call, and I was tanning her, and I was like, okay. She was on the phone? She was, yep, I think with her assistant or something. Yeah. I'm like, okay. She, she and gets, I didn't realize who she was at that time. I'm like, oh, she definitely is someone very cool and important <laughs> because she is definitely she, handling business as I am spray tanning her body right she, now. She, I think that's one of her like power moves that like I've because I've been on the phone with her while she's getting waxed and like you don't have to be <laughs> on the phone while you're getting treatments it makes you seem very diva anyway so Constance um there's so much to be said and the reason I wanted to have you on the show today is because you are a business owner yes you are a black woman in Chicago yeah own your own business in the Gold Coast yes. and you went from being the girl that worked at the benefit counter to owning your own business and so that's you know, what I want to talk to you about today. There are so many people that sit back and think I could own my own business. And there's so much fear in that process. So take me back to when you were at Benefit. Okay. And you're working, you are the brow queen, everybody comes to you for your brows. And you're like, you know what, I I could do this on my own. How did you come to that moment? Where was that moment where you're like, why am I working for someone else? Hmm. Um, Honestly, for a while, I I wasn't at that moment because I just loved what I did. So being a business owner was the furthest thing um, from my mind uh, when I was working at Benefit. I want to say maybe around year three, three and a half, um, things start to shift a little. Um, the company started to change a little bit, and it kind of made me take a step back. Like, whoa! Like, uh, the bigger picture was missing as far as like taking care of us as employees. Um, right. I started to realize that people were actually coming in for me and like reaching out to me on my off days. Um, and this just, is not a like a diss on benefit. It's just no, like you not were at realizing all. that you were mm-hmm. kind of like special in yes. that group. Yes. Um, I worked at the Lincoln Park Boutique. And if anyone know, has ever been there, um, back when I was there, it was just like a girls club. Um, yes. We were all friends. Everyone just felt really comfortable coming to see 
whoever they were seeing that day. And then um, for me, I was always the super shy, reserved one. So a lot of times I felt like I got put, not pushed to the side, but I wasn't that in-your-face person. So I just came to work, and I just did what I was naturally good at and the, what I loved doing. And what did and, you love doing the most when you were um, there? Brows. Brows. Brow tinting, brow waxing. There was just something about taking someone's brow. And I know right now brows are like the big thing, but back then this was like way before – Instagram way before right. it was like cool to do they brow were, everybody's tinting. Everybody's working out those 90s skinny like, brows. Like that literally, they had. literally. <laughs> those, those Pam Anderson brows yes. that we were trying to grow out yes. and make thicker and look better and yes. like help. And so when I started tinting brows, it was more so for women that had like blonde or light hair that you couldn't really see it. So it was more, right. it was more for them. And then brows... I think maybe the Kardashians came along and, yeah. and brows just became this big thing. But for me, it was just when I was in aesthetic school years before that, um, waxing was just the thing that just everyone wanted to come to me when I was in school. Everyone wanted me to do their bikini wax. Everyone wanted me to do their Why brows. Do you think that is? Um, I think maybe I, th- I made them feel comfortable. And it was just something that I instantly just got. And I just instantly knew that. You, you do have a way of making people feel very yeah. comfortable. I, I would feel like because you're in such intimate places yeah. when you're waxing. I mean, you've done my Brazilians and stuff. So you do have a way of being in somebody's booty hole and making <laughs> them feel okay about the whole situation. Back then, I did not realize that. I used to always think it was a crutch because I felt like, oh, people don't pay attention to me because I'm not so in your face or I'm not selling myself. And I remember someone saying to me, I come to you because you're not like that and I can trust you. And right. I feel like you're not trying to be something that you're not. Right. And that's why I appreciate it. So I started to look at that as a strength instead of a weakness, especially considering everyone that I was around. Um, and then from there, it just it just got better and better. And I remember um, repeat, when I, clients, repeat, repeat clients, repeat clients, repeat clients. That will make you think, you know what? I, I keep getting all these people here and they're actually like I'm the middleman yeah. in this equation. They're coming to benefit, but I'm the one they're coming for. Yep. So I got to make my money work for me a yes. little bit better. Yes. So then um, I remember looking at like our yearly numbers and it was something I never really paid attention to because. I was very comfortable with my job. I was very happy. Um, I worked for the the boutique division of benefits. So it wasn't like I'm just making like scraps. I, I, I was very comfortable in my life there. But then I started to realize, wait a minute, all of this is what I do and not even necessarily um, the, from a money aspect, but I, from an aspect of you're a big company, but this is people are coming just here for just for me as far as watching, right. not necessarily the makeup and all that right. because we, we were both. And the more I started to see that I wasn't being appreciated and that things were kind of getting taken for granted because we were kind of disposable benefits, a billion dollar company. So um, it was nothing for someone when I left, took my place within two weeks. You felt like you were replaceable Mm -hmm. when you know, in your heart of hearts, you're not like Mm -hmm. Rufio's here with us, the producer of this show. And his wife is a hairstylist. And I can see how somebody in your industry, if you're constantly seeing the people come in the door that are there just for you, Mm -hmm. you're like, why am I giving this company you know, 80, 90 percent of my money. Mm-hmm. And what did you get? Like tips off that? Yep, and I like, got a, a, I got an hourly and I got my tips. Um, and again, it but was not even close to not, what you would have gotten. Not close to. And I always thought, oh, I got benefits. I got this. I got that. Um, it's fine. And then I remember um, a client who's now a good friend of mine. I'm saying to me, like, you need to do your own thing. And I was like, Keely, whatever. Like, girl, stop. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, for real. Like, I could totally see it. And at that point, 
I, it was still nowhere near on my radar um, even thinking about having my own business. And the thought just started to come. And over time, it just it just happened. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I remember when you were doing my brows and doing my tans and stuff when we were at Benefit. Yes. When I would come you see know you what? at Benefit. You know what? I just thought about um, a, a, a time you were there, and that is what, honestly, wow, I completely forgot about that. That's what set the tone. Well, I just wanted to have a party with you yeah. and all my friends. Because like, in my <laughs> mind, because I, like, listen, like, a lot of people, it's uncomfortable to go to... Um, a place, take off all your clothes and be in an uncomfortable, like sterile environment and somebody's doing something. So I said to you like, hey, do you do this at home? And I'm not trying to be a diva, but do you make house calls? And you're like, yeah, I'm mobile. I can do all this stuff anywhere. It was so funny, but right before that time that you came in, um, I hadn't seen you in a while because I know you're super busy. And this was right around that time of that transition when I was like, you know what, just praying. Like, you know, I know there's something bigger for me out there and whatever that is, you know, when the time comes, I'm, I'm, re- I'm I open my heart to it. I'm like, I'm ready for whatever's meant for me. And I'll never forget, um, you come in that day and you asked me about doing mobile services. And I was like, well, I never did, but I mean, I got all the stuff. Yeah. And I knew like you were super busy. So I was like, okay, that could be something that I could do for you. And I remember maybe three, three, four days later, you reached out to me about possibly doing some freelance work for an artist. And I couldn't because I was stuck at work. And I remember thinking oh, to myself, it was BB Rexa. and I found out that she's after like, I need somebody, I need somebody. And you're like, I'm at I work. literally was like, I'm at work. And I can't. And I remember saying to myself and I said to you after that, I was like, I will never sacrifice myself for another opportunity again. And that's a real good quote. Like that is you saying, listen, I have all my skills. I know I'm prepared. I know I could do this. But but something's holding me back here. And it's work. That was it. It's not my choice to be held back. Yep. And that's got to be like. Man, I prepare for this kind of stuff to happen, and now I can't even do yep. it. And I remember saying, like, I will never, I will never put yourself, put in myself that in that position again. Right. And right. literally, and I would have never thought three, four years later I'd be here. But well, let's go to that place then. So for the the, the people that are sitting here going, okay, I want to start my own business. I know I'm in this place where you were at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be so scary to say, I'm going to walk away from this guaranteed money that I'm used to every week, mm-hmm. every every day, mm-hmm. like the tip money, the all that. I'm going to mm-hmm. walk away from all of this and take a chance and start all this because that could crash. Right. Like the new business. Right. I, I don't, I've never done a business. Right. Where do you go from where do you start when you say I'm quitting and I'm out? Like, were you prepared before? Did you start a cushion already? Did you start training? How'd that go? Yes. Um, So that was that's a super important part of it, because I feel like we live in a world right now. I call it like the popcorn generation where everyone's like they see something like, oh, I could do that. And then all of a sudden you quit your job and you're like, wait, hold on. It sounds like a great idea. Or you see somebody on Instagram doing it. I could do that, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was honestly popcorn generation. I like that. (laughs) That's a good one. This was this was years in the making and it was years in the making without me even realizing that it was years in the making. So um, before I became an esthetician, I went to school for art and I remember everyone saying, 
you know what, you need to get a degree. I actually wanted to go to aesthetic school when I finished high school, but mm -hmm. my mom, everyone's like, nope, you got to get a degree. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So the only thing that interested me was art. And then I was like, oh, I don't have to do a whole bunch of math classes. I'll oh, just, I'll just get an art degree. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to school and that it worked, but the loans just kept adding up, adding up, adding up. And then um, at 19, I had my son. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I need to figure out a way to be true to myself and be true to this kid, um, me and my now husband. Um, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. We didn't want to sacrifice. We didn't want to just be a statistic. So at that point, anything that involved me was like out of the picture. And it's like, how can I make my life work for this kid that did not ask yeah, to be here? You're not just like on your own here. Exactly. You have a family. Exactly. And that's important to note too, because a lot of people I feel like that are in your position are also wives and mothers. Mm -hmm. And like, I really know I could be great at this, but mm -hmm. I can't sacrifice this money I have, this yep. guaranteed money for maybe money. Yep. So I started, I took, okay, can't really focus on art school right now, but the next best thing for me was always like fashion and like beauty. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got a job working in cosmetics right downtown in Chicago. And I just went the corporate route of things. And so for so long, it was like I built up that business aspect without even knowing it because I worked for some of the biggest. Uh, I worked for Nordstrom. I worked for Saks Fifth Avenue. And so that kind of like paved the way for me to even know how to talk to people, know right. how to sell to people. And I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. I was just like, I need to do something that I love. But I love that you said that because you didn't even realize the skills that you were mm -mm. building while you were building them. Never. And so many times you see people in entry level yep. or internships that are like, this isn't doing anything for my life. And then you look back and realize that is some of the most formative you know, career building yep. lessons that you are learning. Yep. And it's it, you get frustrated in that moment because you're not making money. Yep. You're working for the machines. You're you're working for the corporate machine. And you're like, I, I ain't doing shit. Mm -hmm. But you really are. Yep. You really Absolutely. are, whether you realize it or not. So remember that yep. when you're in that moment. Absolutely. Um, fast forward 2010. Um, at that point, I was making more money than my mom, who was like a teacher and like some of my family Ooh, when members. You get to that place. Like literally, I was like, when you're screw more money you! Than your like parents. I'm like, I make more money than you. And you I thought was, you were flush, right? Like, like, like literally. Like, <laughs> and then the recession hit, and I lost my job. And so at that point, I was like devastated. But I remember um, always asking my trainers, like when I worked for Bobby Brown, like I want to go to Fashion Week. I want to do this. I want to do that. How can I move up? Like what's the next thing? And they always kept saying, go to aesthetic school. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have time to go to aesthetic school. That's like 750 hours. Like who the hell has time for that? You lost your job. Now Literally you got time. lost my job. And it was almost like I was forced in my tracks to like stop. Yeah. And reassess. Reassess and didn't even realize that was a blessing in disguise. But you did a great thing too by asking the people on the come up, mm -hmm. what can I do to get to this next step? Yep. Where do I go from here? Yeah. And I love that you did that and it stuck in your head that everybody was saying aesthetic school, aesthetic yep. school. Aesthetic and so you school. went. So I went to aesthetic school and I was like the person everyone hated in school because I knew, not like I knew everything, but I had been in the beauty industry already like almost six years before I, I, I was 27 when I went you to aesthetic school. You walked into like singing class like Mariah Carey, like I know like, everything. <laughs> like, liter like literally, it was so crazy. And I remember just- But you were learning probably different skills though. Learning different skills. So it was like all of the basic things that I had learned about skincare and like, like people and the body. It was just like, it just- it was an easy transition for me to now like take it to the next level. Right on. Um, I, I finished school. I 
within like six months, I had perfect attendance because it was just something that I was passionate about. I had a goal in mind. I was like, you know what? I lost my job. I'm not used to living a certain type of way. Like I have a, I have my, I have a son who's always been in private school. Right. And I was like, you know what? I just got to get back to business. Right. Um, so I, I finished I, school. I need to get back to the life I'm accustomed like, to. Literally. Is what you said? Yes. And where, did, even, where did microblading come into this equation? Was this part of it? No, not at that point. So fast forward, um, finished school. Um, I landed a job at Benefit and that's where I became known as the Brow Maven. The Brow Maven. Yes. It was... Look it up. Please give us, <laughs> please give us the social handles yes. right now. Um, um, Brow Maven is my personal Instagram, so you can see like all of my life. The and then I, the before and, and afters, yeah. and Maven Aesthetics, which is my business. Um, you see like even more um, more business stuff on yes. there. So um, the microblading yes. happened when? The microblading happened, so I was right around maybe 2000 god 2014 ish mm -hmm. maybe that's when social media like people posting beauty before and afters yeah. and all this stuff started to become a thing and i was the like demos and the, the demos yeah. and i was mm -hmm. like shoot i gotta get on this here i am just bustling bustling i'm like the brow maven and you're or whatever i'm super shy yeah brow maven wasn't my instagram handle at that time and a client was like you should you should be called the brow maven i'm like okay so here i am with my iphone 4 trying to like take pictures and <laughs> do all this my stuff. IPhone 4. Like, at first I was called like the benefit babe and I remember um But then you're branded to benefit and that's not literally beneficial. Exactly. To you. <laughs> uh, one day I was on the public feed of Instagram and I saw what was a brow, but I'm like, wait, this isn't a brow. I mean it is a brow. It looks it's like tinting. It's not typical. So I clicked on it and I was like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is a tattoo, but it doesn't look like a tattoo. So I did research and I found out that it was called microblading. Um fast forward um I reached out to some of the nurses at a medical spa that I interned at when I was in aesthetic school. And I asked, like, hey, um, I take a lot of CEU classes there, too. And I was like, you know, what is this? Like, where can I learn this? Is this a class that you guys offer? And they were like, nope, but we're working on it right now. Fast forward two months later where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take some money out of my 401k, go to Canada, where I first realized um, there are lots of places there where um, rules were different as far as training. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? This is a big thing there. I'm going to go there. And they reached out to me and they were like, you know what? We found the perfect person to come in and do this training. And... I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And so. I love it. And I, you were on the microblading cusp. Yes. Before anybody. Way before. I had never even heard of it, Constance, until I met you. I couldn't I even find you. a place in Chicago, like, let alone, like, anywhere else in the States. Had to, no like, idea. No idea. So, it, for those who don't know, can you explain what microblading yep. is for your eyebrows? Yep. So, microblading is a, um, it's a manual form of brow tattooing where you make hair-like strokes um, that give the appearance of brows, but instead of using the traditional tattoo um, machine, you're using a manual method. And so, it's pretty much just your artistic skill um, creating. And your art, that's where yes. your art so that's where the art came, came back in. in. Yes. yes, so you really were like, preparing your whole life. About my whole life. For what you're doing now. And I love also that when it came time to branch out and get into microblading, you recalled on your aesthetic school mm -hmm. and you went back to your connections yep. there. So as shy as you are, and so many people are shy that are like, I can't start a business. I yep. don't know, like blah, blah, blah. Yep. You have to really sit and think about yep. who can be in your life yes. that can get you to where you want to yes. be. And so you went back to those people. I went back to those people. And, and you learned your microblading like a ball, <laughs> by the way. And was... you were like really the first one yeah. doing it here. It was so crazy. Even in my training, I remember the teacher kind of like, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Looking at me like, um, and she was um, Russian, so she starts, she was speaking to her assistant. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what they're saying right now. And then she looked at me and she's like, you got it. Yes. And I remember um, maybe eight months before that, I took a program with the, um, at the Small Business Association um, to get like their small business certification. And I remember in one of the classes, they said, before you ever think about quitting your, your job, you need to ask yourself, what can you do differently to compete with your job? Because yes. that's where that that's where, especially if you're going to be in the same industry. That's a great point. And so before I, you quit, yep. how are you standing out before yep. you start this business? Yep. Because if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, yep. you're going to drown. If you're yes. opening another coffee shop, if you're yes. opening, like why what's, is your coffee different? shop different? So what was different about you was microblading. Microblading. Yep. And you're the queen of microblading. <laughs> so like l- literally, and you see this on my social media, Angie Taylor Radio. <laughs> you see on my social media every yeah. time I post a picture, people are like, "Brows, girl. Yep. Brows. Who does your brows?" Like everybody wants to know, and they're shocked when they find out I have microblading. Yes. Because it's so natural, it's so natural. looking. And it's one of the greatest things I've ever done. If you haven't heard about microblading, look into it. If you want to do it, I'm telling you, Brown Maven is the way to go. So then you go and say, listen, I'm going to open my own business. Yes. And for people that want to open their own business, give me some of the pit, because you and I sat and spoke about this a lot when you were getting to this place where you Mm -hmm. were looking for... Um, you know, uh, space to rent, mm-hmm. a place to start. What are some of the pitfalls that you encounter that you can tell people, like, listen, this is what I wish I would have known when I decided to start my own business? Is there anything you can tell everyone? Um, what I wish I would have known is that there's so many people that want to see if you are true, if you're true to who you are and if you do the right thing and you surround yourself with the right people, there's so many people that want to help you. There's so many people that want to see you win. So yes. for me, at that point, I felt like it was me against the world. Like, I got to do this. I have to show everybody. Like, it's on me. And some people honestly did make me feel that way. But of course, there's always going to be haters in mm-hmm. competition mm-hmm. and people that want to see you trip yep. and fail. And but there's so many more people. Yes. And all I, if, if I could go back five years, even to you, like I knew who you, I, I knew you, but for me, it was like I was just doing my job. I was, my job was to do a service for you, not realizing the amount of people that want to see me win, that paved the way for me just by just asking questions or just, I wish I would have known that sooner that it was okay to ask for help. Yes. That everything didn't have to be fall on me by myself. Not because, even to ask for help, but sometimes ask for like, do you know anybody yes. that would want? 
microblading. Mm-hmm. Let's chat with them because I feel like a lot of times, especially when it comes to something cosmetic, mm-hmm. people are very afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. because it looks like, oh, I need some sort of cosmetic yeah. thing done. And they are afraid to ask, you know, what does that entail? What does that do? So when people are genuinely interested, I when I found, when I first posted pictures of the microblading you did on me, I could not believe the amount of DMs and comments. It yeah, was like it, hundreds of it people. It changed things for me. Well, like, it, absolutely. It, but you were the first person doing it. And so the curiosity is always there. I mean, what girl isn't always trying to find like a little hack yes. to make their life easier? <laughs> so when I'm sitting here saying, I wake up in the morning, my brows look the same. I get out of the shower, my brows look good. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a weirdo about my brows. Like a lot of you know people have things in their life that they're very particular about. Yeah. And so... It meant everything to me to to just have that one little service, especially as a mom that's busy. I get up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. I don't want to mess with my makeup right away. It's like the one thing that's done. It's like you do lashes, too. You do tanning, too. Like, trust me, if I have someplace I need to be for a weekend, Constance is at my house (laughs) spraying me down, waxing me, tanning me, like lashes, brows, the whole nine. So... Take us real quick to where your family was on this whole thing when you decided to start a business. Because, again, we have a lot of moms, you know, women that are married, have children, have this guaranteed money. How did your family feel? How did your husband feel, your child feel when you're like, listen, I'm giving up this paycheck. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a chance. Did they have your back? Was there pushback? Like, how do you have that conversation? Um, For me, honestly... It was all me being against myself because everyone around me was saying, do it, push, go, you got this. And I think because for my family, they saw the work ethic. They saw everything that I was doing because it wasn't just like one day I'm like, okay, I'm going to open up a business. I'm like, no, I got to educate myself first. So through all of that, my ducks started to get like lined up in a row. And honestly, I still could not fathom quitting my job. Right. And I remember my husband. Well, you and I grew up very much the same. Like, yeah. We grew up poor and we have imposter mentality. Yes. Like, if we're oh, in a it's, place. It's real. It is so real. <laughs> it's, to this so day, it's real. who do I think I am yeah. trying to start a business? I'm yes. just lucky to have a job. Yep. I'm just lucky somebody, like, keeps me on the payroll. Yep. I'm just lucky about this. So the audacity yep. to think you could own a own business. So what yep. did your husband say? Um... He was just like, you got to just do it. And I remember five, maybe five years prior, um, the power of the things that you say is so real that I remember when my son was about 10, I was like, you know what, Nasir's in his private school. So whatever I'm going to do in my life, I know I'm going to be here for at least the next five years because his tuition was like my responsibility. My husband took care of everything else. And I remember saying he's going to get into one of these like amazing, like selective enrollment schools. And that's when I'll make moves. That was like five years prior. My son got into Lane Tech. And, and he's the football star stop. at Lane He's the, foot, one of foot, the football star at Lane. Yeah. I just found out he's starting running back for next year. And I'm what? like, that's kind of making me nervous, but I'm super he's excited. so sweet and so cute. So you were um, in big trouble with that kid. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like God was like paving the way and opening the doors for me without me realizing it. And I just remember saying, no, maybe I'll just work part time and try to do this on the side. And my husband was like, you're never going to put your all into it. You'll never know what you're right. capable if of you're unless you just go for it. Right. And you always know that if it doesn't work out cool you can get another job we'll but figure it out. we'll figure it out so that support yeah. means everything yes because i feel like there are so many people in situations that want to do this that don't feel like they have the support what mm-hmm. do you say to somebody that doesn't have support 
like move on, figure it out, like find the people that will support you? Um, I would definitely say find the people that will support you. But more than anything, um, what I would say for me personally, I had to get to a point in my life where no matter because as much as my husband supports me, as much as like my friends support me, I had to get to a point where if I just supported me, I was enough on right. my own that yes. I could still make this work. And You're so it was, be okay. and I'll be okay. And then all that extra support, that was just a little bit more because it's like a million people could support you. But if you don't truly believe in yourself and you don't, if you don't truly believe it, it really doesn't matter anyway. And so it's almost it. like when you line yourself up with the right vibration of believing in yourself, there's no choice but everyone around you to kind of believe, not to kind of, to believe the exact same thing and to, and to go there with you. I love it. Yeah. That's, su- that's really great advice because everybody in the world can push you. It's like anyone that's trying to diet or start an exercise regimen mm-hmm. or like, you know, start a new business. Everybody else can push you, push you, push you. But if you don't believe in yourself, then they become annoying. Yep. Then they become pressure. Yep, pressure, like, yes. I have to be willing and ready to do it on my own. And then those people become elevators. And you know it's what literally I'm saying? like, it just, there's some days you'll be like, wait, how did that happen? Or wait, what? It, it, it's, just, it's crazy how the doors will just open. And I always like stay true to that and, and just telling someone, whoever's listening, to just hone in on what, is truly meant for you. Like right. for me, especially nowadays in, in this industry, a lot of people jump on what's hot. And for me, that wasn't the case. I stayed true to what was what what, what my gift was, right. what my calling was. Right. And so that's like first. And then if and that's when you know that like you can really believe then you're in comfortable it. And exactly. you're gonna do the best job exactly. ever because it's like second nature. Exactly. Because this is what I'm really good at. Exactly. And I know what I'm doing. And now, I mean there's so many people that are quote unquote <laughs> microbladers and you see like some of these memes that they have of a bad microblading Man. session. You have to have I've seen it. You gotta in have like the skills and you have to have the training and you what do you tell someone that is looking for a good microblader? Because you know they'll just go to the cheapest one. Yeah. I say do your homework. Um, when I started doing this, the thing that kind of worked out for me and still does work out for me, I, I don't have I don't have thousands and thousands of, of social media followers. So if you had to equate my business to my social media, you wouldn't come to me. Your business is word of mouth. Yeah. So and, my business, yep, word and, of mouth. And, and, and so the face. Yes. Honey. And so I would say to anybody, like three, four years ago, it was hard to do your research because there wasn't lots of research on it. It was word of mouth. And I say stay true to that even nowadays. I used to watermark my pictures. I don't do that anymore because it's so easy to screenshot, do whatever you want to do to it. Right. So I just say educate yourself ask around and, and, and what kind of certification exactly do they need to ask for um, like if you're going to a microblader and you see microblading twenty dollars yes probably a red flag definitely what, what kind of certification certification at least in Chicago okay I was gonna say so in the in the city of Chicago state of Illinois um, microblading falls under a body art establishment so I'm like a, a li- tattoo shop. yes so I'm a licensed esthetician I'm a licensed Illinois aesthetics educator however my business is registered as a body art establishment gotcha. and so if you aren't registered as a body art establishment or if you're not in a doctor's office um, typically that's the only other exception if you're going to a medical spa yeah. um, you want to look for those credentials if you're in a hair salon and someone is microblading you need to run because run. that is illegal if, if you're somebody's saying hey come over like i do it mm-hmm, in my basement mm-hmm. run um, it's, it's sort of like the people that go 
you know, I understand the desire to get cosmetic surgery or yeah. get some sort of surgery or get a microblading and you see these deals and yep. you're like, okay, this will be okay. But you don't know that the instruments are yeah. sterile. You don't know yes. that the person knows what they're doing. You walk out with cement in your ass yep. from your Brazilian butt lift yep. and then you're like, whoa. Like, yep. so bad things can happen. Always look for certification. I'll always look for certifications. And I'll, I will also say too, a lot of people equate something being very expensive to quality right and that's that's not always being the in the gold either. coast that right. i've run into that too where some people say oh my god your prices they're so you should raise them like they're not that exp they're not that, that that high and i'm like I don't know about you, but four hundred dollars for eyebrows is pretty high to me, and, and I've like, seen that too. Yeah, and I and for me, and that's a red flag. Yes, super high. Pricing. Yes, absolutely. For me, it's not about. I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I'm trying to give someone. I have lots of clients where it's like chump change, it's like coins in their purse to give me it's that. Your gold coast. Yes, yes. and then uh -huh. I have some women where, like a, a niece, for example, she, her and her cousin saved up to get this for their great aunt who babysits their kids, and this was Aww. like their Mother's Day gift to her. Love. So I'm like, I would rather make this something that's affordable to everyone, right. and I'm comfortable in my business that I don't need to charge someone this crazy amount of money because I don't, I don't, I just don't have to. It, and the, the, I want to say, like speaking of charging and everything. The most beautiful thing about you, aside from everything aesthetically, your heart, everything's amazing, your work. One of the things I love most about you is the things you're doing to help women with alopecia, the things you're doing to help breast cancer survivors. Can you talk a little bit about, because I know sometimes yeah. you do these things pro bono. You'll just yeah. do them for women because you want to out of the goodness of your heart. A woman with alopecia whose all her hair is falling out and she misses eyebrows and it makes all the difference in the world. A woman with breast cancer who's had mastectomies and mm -hmm. they don't have nipples mm -hmm. and you're tattooing these things on women to at least give them something that looks like they're, they still have their breasts. Yeah. Talk about that and how you started that. Um, so, wow. That's where it, it got kind of real for me. Um, when I first started a little over three years ago, um, I had a client who came to me. She was the, the best friend of another client that was my client for like years. And um, when we were doing the release forms, she was telling me, um, you know, she had been through chemotherapy and like her brows just never came back the same. And I was like, wow. But looking at her, I would have never thought that. And so we did the service. Um, it was amazing. At that point, I was still kind of building my portfolio up as well. And um, maybe a month later, she went to go. She went to her oncologist for a checkup, and that um, doctor saw her brows. And at that point, there were so many people in Chicago reaching out to or like trying to find someone to do this service um, way before it was even a beauty thing for the brows. For the brows, mm -hmm. because they That's didn't. That's your face. It's right? your face. I mean, your face is your your poster for mm -hmm. your you that's the first thing people see yeah you can hide other things with clothes or whatever your face yep it, it makes a big difference yes. with women it's face and hair honey yes and for her she was in remission at that point and an, uh, maybe three weeks later this woman walks in and she was like i was referred to you um by my oncologist and she was about to start chemotherapy and she's like i just need some sense of some i need to recognize myself a little yes. bit when i'm going through this Ooh, and me. so literally people took it as like a beauty thing but not realizing that the one thing that you identify someone identifies with you is your hair your face your features and that's and, your confidence mm -hmm. and a lot of times people think that okay brows are a trend right now they're are they going to go away. I'm like, no, brows aren't a trend. 
the, tra- the the thing that's like the trend or, the or the, 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 like the shape is a trend, the, but like the fullness. Yes, of it. but brows like going are back to what your, your natural face. brow is, right. which happens to be a a, a natural fuller, regardless of like what who you are, like just your natural whatever your natural beauty right. is. It's just part of your face. It's just part of your face, right. and so it just took on a totally how different did, meaning for me. At how that did point. the breast? Um, you know, with the with the breast cancer survivors, people that have had mastectomy, double mastectomy, um, and the nipple. How did that come about? Because you tattoo, you mm-hmm. literally tattoo nipples mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. on women mm-hmm. who have lost their breasts. Yep. Um, the very first time I ever thought about it was um, back at Benefit years before, and I was about to spray tan a woman for the first time, and I'd done her brows and everything before, and she was like super uncomfortable. She's like, I just gotta let you know. I had a double mastectomy, and you know, I just want you. And I'm like, okay, like, for me, I felt so bad that she needed to like pre-warn me, and here I am trying to make her feel comfortable. And when I saw as amazing as this work was, there was no areola, and even though she had been through cancer, she had been through all these things. Like, you're still a woman, and it's like, right. yeah, you're happy to be alive, but it's like you you're robbed of, of you. your sure. your identity. Um, sure. And so when I saw that, again, didn't know back then where this would all take me, um, but it, it was just something that I was like, okay, I have I have this art background. I have all these things. It's like now it was just easy for me to just put all that, put all that to work, and I just you did. did the areolas for her. Mm-hmm. And how did she feel? What was that moment like? Um, once you know she what? finally it's... saw th- some semblance of what her breasts were like before. Honestly, it was like just a, a feeling of being like whole. I feel like um, because it's like you're already whole again because you've you've gotten over you've this hurt or you this. passed this. Yes, you've so now this, it's like beat this. yeah, now it's back to the basics, back to like who 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 am I? And again, you're not defined by these things, but no. as a woman, it's like but it's it's we part. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 something that was taken from you. Didn't ask for this to happen right. to you. Right. And so it's it's for me honestly, I think it's just a feeling of women feeling just whole again, and that. That's it, it became deeper than just I love beauty. It. I never me. even knew that people were doing that service mm-hmm. until you and I spoke about it, until you told me about some of your clients and your customers. I mean, listen, I'm in there getting my brows done. I'm getting a spray tan. I'm getting my booty hole waxed. Like, <laughs> this is all very like vain things. But the beauty of what you do yeah. is you really restore confidence and independence in people that have lost something along the way. And for that, Brown Maven, Constance Maglatham, you are one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. And so I'm so, (laughs) no, I'm really like, I tell you, we have lots of like very deep conversations about family and our upbringing and our, you know, our faith and what we believe. And I just really was excited to have you on today. I'm going to get choked up myself because (laughs) you're one of my favorite people. So thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Thank you for being here and sharing your story and what you do. And again, remind everybody how they can find you in the Chicago area if they want to do any of the services we spoke about Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Maven Aesthetics. Um, and I'm located at 100 East Walton, Suite 128 and 129, um, right downtown Chicago. Um, you can also follow my business page um, at Maven Aesthetics to see any of my before and after um, photos. Um, you can check out my website. Booking super easy. It is. Um, yeah. Thanks. And you have great reviews. And yeah, I great can, reviews. I, I can vouch personally. I see you all the time. A lot of our friends see you. Yes. A lot of my friends see you. Yes. You are the brow maven of Chicago, <laughs> the queen of brows, honey, <laughs> and you. everything else. Thank you so much. So much constant. It was a pleasure. Can't wait to talk next time on yes. Girl Goals. 
If you know a girl who should be recognized, email us at girlgoalspodcast at iheartmedia.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.